When people tell me money doesn't buy happiness, I say, you haven't donated enough yet. Amen to that. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I cannot wait for you to hear today's episode because it is with legendary entrepreneur and success coach, Dean Graziosi, and talk about a leader that we get to learn from during a challenging time as we face this crisis economy. There's nobody better that we could be talking to today than Dean. Now, Dean has founded 13 successful companies. He's written multiple New York Times bestselling books and has cranked out some of the the best marketing and mindset trainings ever available on the planet. As a matter of fact, he's helped millions and millions of people realize their true potential and even helped push them to start and grow their businesses and achieve the success that they just weren't finding until they came across his trainings. Now, most recently, you've probably seen him join forces with his dear friend, Tony Robbins, to offer the Knowledge Broker Blueprint to the world, which it teaches everybody through self-education, how to learn and turn their unique knowledges into businesses that positively impact lives, right? So it teaches you how to be in business for yourself, simply sharing knowledge that you already have. How cool is that? So we're going to get into everything today. We're going to talk about parenting and how he wants his kids to view success. Uh, We're going to talk about the epic donation that he was able to make recently Uh, And we really do a deep dive into how good it feels to be able to give on such a level and why it's so important to have giving built into your ethos as you're successful. And then, of course, we talk about this crisis economy that we're all facing together and what you should be focused on and what you can do if you feel broke or scared or without a financial plan at the moment. And speaking of needing a financial plan, don't forget what we have done for all of you. We have slashed my famous money mindset e-course, the money principles in half. And we made it so that when you enroll in one, you get a free one to give to anybody that you care about who you know needs it as well. And that's because we are all facing this crisis economy together. And we all need to learn and understand how to think and how to behave with money so that we never end up in a fearful financial situation again. So if you want half off the price, And if you want to be able to gift a free one to any friend that you care about, then I want you to go to thetruthaboutmoney.com. Again, hit pause, go to thetruthaboutmoney.com, register for the course, get a free one to gift to somebody else, or do it immediately after this episode. I promise it will change your life. Now, this hands down is one of my favorite episodes yet. And Dean brings the fire. So get ready, get present, listen up, because here we go. Dean, my friend, how you doing? Welcome to the show. Good to be here, man. I'm doing great. Listen, uh, I want to start by saying thank you for being on the show. I know how important your time is. And as we kind of face this really interesting period, you know, we're recording this while we're, we're all navigating through this COVID situation. Um, I know there's a lot of expertise that you have that's related to the, some of the struggles that are on people's mind. So thank you for being here today. I know it's going to be of massive value to everybody. 
I appreciate it, man. And I, and I love watching your growth, man. We met uh, at Lewis's thing not that while, not that long ago, a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And I love watching you and your wife and what you guys are doing for the world, man. So, you know, what, what a gift we have is to have the ability to serve, learn on our own, and then give back that knowledge to other people. So you're doing a great job. So keep up the good work. Man, thank you for that. Speaking of good work, can we talk about this beautiful baby boy that you just had for a minute? Yes, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I had um I had my I have a 13 and 11 year old, right? And I always said I had them in my 30s. But I always said if I had babies in my 20s, I would have been a good provider. But I don't know if I would have been mentally like in a position to understand the connection that you can truly bond with your kids. So I had kids in my late 30s. And now I'm 51 and just had a baby. And it's on a whole nother level. Like I actually even, and I won't digress too much on this, but I love it so much and seeing the miracle of birth for what it is, even through new, it's like, I've never had babies. Like it's crazy to say I'm falling more in love with my 11 and 13 year old, even though we have this great relationship, but it's like the miracle of birth. Yeah. It's, it's so amazing. And now I know the world is in, and I want to talk about it as much as I can say, I've been through three shifts in the economy. I was in business for all three of them. Um, I lost everything on one of them. I navigated okay on one of them. I thrived on another. So we can we can talk about that. I'll talk about the mindset that we've adopted. I found a new energy as we're going through this. But I have to tell you, to have the chance that my bo- my son was just born three weeks ago when we're recording this. So for those three weeks to have every day with my wife and my son, you know, I have to take that as a blessing because it's it's just unique and rare and. And uh, we got to take what, we got to take the good out of this craziness. You know, let's actually dive into this subject a little bit before we get to today's economy. Because let me frame this real quick for you. Um, I am 42. Lori and I do not have kids yet. We fully intend on having a family. And by the time that we actually have a baby in our arms, I'll probably be 44 at, at the earliest. So, do yeah. you think there's any kind of advantage to being a father in your 30s, like you were? Or being your a father, let's say in my mid forties or uh, in your fifties, is there an advantage to going one way or the other? You know, I think if I look through the lens of my grandmother, she was like one of my greatest teachers, and she didn't go past seventh grade. She was in fifth grade, her mom died. When she was in seventh grade, her dad got killed in a car accident, so she quit seventh grade and raised her five siblings. Imagine a seventh grader in today's world say, "I'm not coming to seventh. I'm not going to eighth grade because I'm going to raise my raise my five brothers and sisters." She just had this simple wisdom, Chris. It was like, and, and I lived with her most of my childhood. And, and if you asked me that question, I immediately thought of her. And what she would say is each arrow would have a different uh, 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 like benefit. She wouldn't say a negative. My grandmother would say each era, each generation, or your, your decade, right? Your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, me and my extreme case in the 50s. But she'd say it would have different benefits. In your 20s, you have so much energy. You might be working on your career, but then when they're older, you'll be so close in age that you'll bond later on. But if you look at the eyes, for me, like the way I look at it is I remember grandparents, not just my grandmother, but grandparents in general. Maybe you remember this with your grandparents. I don't know your situation, Chris. But they had this simple wisdom. Like it was, it was less of like the hurry, walk straight. It was like they just, they have this calm way with kids. They, they have this depth of love. I know that my grandmother, wasn't the best mom to my mom. My mom told me that. She was she wasn't a great mom, but she is a stellar, best in the world grandma. And I think that's the benefit you get of being a little older. 
is that you have more wisdom. You've navigated more territory in the world. You knew that you know what angry or you know envy and anger and and um, you know uh, jealousy. You know what all those things do. Like you understand the the negatives of the world on a deeper level. We've already screwed up a gazillion times. We both have Chris, right? Yep. So you make all those mistakes. And now you're a little older. So for me, my grandmother was already a grandmother at 47. And I'm 51 having a baby, right? So I feel like I got that grandparent wisdom, except it's my son. So hey. that's the way I'm looking at it. And I'm sticking to my story. Listen, I, I got to say you're the best of all cases here because you still have that 20-year-old energy, I can tell. So like you are, you are <laughs> set up for success. On a serious note, um, you're a very driven guy. How do you think this new baby boy has reshaped your goals in any way, if at all? Yeah, really, really good question. So kids, and you know this, uh, you'll, you'll realize, like children don't listen to what you say. It's one of the best teachers in the world. They become who you are, right? And I believe that. Even if it's not 1,000% true, I believe that with my older kids. And now I believe this with my son, whose name is Luca, is how they shape me is they look through the lens of just who you are. You can, you know, you can, people can exaggerate in business, exaggerate in life, even tell fibs or however it is that you but man when you're when you're a parent they just look right into your soul and i know my kids that i have now made me a better man and with luca just what you said i'm 51 i don't want to be the old guy at little league so i'm working out harder my head's clear i'm reading more books than i've ever read like i want to stay young and vibrant and alive and be enthusiastic i don't my, like my older kids i'm older than most of all their their friends because i was 38 when i had my daughter I was 40 when I had my son. So I'm still older than most of their friends, right? And you live in Utah, right? Uh, no, we're in LA. Oh, you're in LA. Okay. Um, uh, I, I thought you were in Utah for some reason. Yeah, you're probably, in LA. Uh, we have Randy Garn in common as a friend. So probably connected so, that way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, it's like even you, you'll be a little bit older a dad, but I don't, I never wanted my kids to say, oh, my dad's older than the other guys. So I like that gives me another version to, not just be, not try to act younger or be a fool that way, but have a youthful energy, right? Still having the depth of wisdom, but a youthful energy. Yeah. Well, you definitely have that. It's a really good incentive. You know, I actually saw an interview or read somewhere. I can't remember what it was. Uh, but you had said, while you were raising your kids, uh, they're now 11 and 13, like you said, you asked them to watch five to 10 minutes of anything self-development related each day. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I still work on it. Now, I'd love to say it happens every day like clockwork, but it's an ask I do pretty much every day. Like even yesterday, um, my son said to me, Dad, he gets an hour a day on Fortnite, right? He loves Fortnite. It's an hour a day. An hour doesn't seem like much to him when he's home quarantined, right? He's like, I got 20 hours. So yesterday alone, I made a deal with him. I said, you, I'll match you one for one on how, many, how much time you read The Alchemist. So he's 11 and yesterday he read two hours of The Alchemist so he could get two extra hours on Fortnite. Now, it doesn't always go perfect, but here's the thing. For me, it's like I didn't get into personal growth until my mid-20s, 30s, and it really it transformed my life. Like It was the foundation of my wealth, my success. Like People are always looking for the tactical. You know this because they're looking for the tactical, the tool, the magic wand that makes you money. And people dismiss... The power of personal growth, the power of having an unstoppable mindset, the power of being enthusiastic, the power of you know, not listening to that inner self-doubt. And people forget that most important piece that if we don't have an unstoppable mindset, we retreat and go back to what we know. So 
for me, I'll do everything in my power to like throw softball lessons of personal growth to get them to watch a five minute Jay Shetty video. You know, I don't ask them to watch my stuff because I don't, you know, profits never welcome in their hometown, right? Yep, yep. So um, I'll do what I can. That's cool. Listen, last question related to children, but totally related to your brand. Uh, you're known yeah. for success and creating wealth and teaching people how to do that. How do you want your kids then to grow up and view success? I think success, um, you know, and success at every generation is different. In my 20s, I just hated being broke as a kid. And success was just being able to do what I want when I wanted to do it, and not worrying about money, right? Retiring my parents, things like that. But success in my 20s also meant that I lived in New York. I could jump on a plane on a Thursday and fly down to South Beach, Miami and party at a nightclub till five in the morning, right? That was part of my success. Right now, that would seem like the, the worst thing in the history of the world, but not at that time, right? So for me, success would mean that they wake up every morning and feel just really good about what they do and really good about who they are. And I'd love to say, I don't care if they have any money at all, but Lack of money is it's a, it's not an easy thing. Like money solves problems. You have a problem, and you can cut a check for that problem. That problem goes away. You're worried about your health. You get a nutritionist and a private doctor. That goes away a lot of times. You know your your relationship isn't so great because you're so busy at work and you're ignoring each other. If you have enough money, you go the heck with this. We're taking two weeks just for us, and we're getting a therapist to help us because I love you and I want my connection. Money solves problems. So. I'd be lying to you if I said I don't want them to be financially successful and I don't want them to take my money. I want that they won't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, man. I don't, I don't know any of my friends or people I know that are trust fund kids that have had a fulfilled life. They just haven't. They're, they're, they're searching and they're, it doesn't mean they're not good people in their soul, but they're empty in a lot of ways. So it's that fine balance of I want them to wake up excited about what they do, making an impact on the world, and I want them making money so they can, if they want to give it all away, that's great. When people tell me money doesn't buy happiness, I say, you haven't donated enough yet. Amen to that. We talk so much about generosity on the show, and we will in a little bit. But that, to me, is the greatest dopamine hit. And if you're going to judge me for giving in order to get a dopamine hit, hey, there's worse ways I could get it, right? Giving is the greatest feeling on the planet. Well, I have to tell you, I was at um, my dear friend Tony Robbins' uh, 60th birthday party in Los Angeles. And for him, he's at a phase in his life where he got money out of the way and he's obsessed on impacting lives. You know, he's going to feed a billion people through Feeding America. He wants to, uh, you know, uh, Underground Operation Railroad mm-hmm. or Operation Underground Railroad, uh, helping kids from sex slave around the world. I had no idea the depth of it. Like, was in shock how many, there's more people in slavery now than there was during the slave time in history, right? So his birthday was a combo of raising money. Uh, because that was his gift. He didn't want anything. All these amazing people came and everybody donated. And and when they showed this guy, Tim, who runs this operation, even from ISIS, ISIS, I didn't realize ISIS was stealing all young women and selling them for sex slave. And they're in there stealing, trying to steal these women back from ISIS. Like crazy what was going on in the world. I Just like you, talk about a dopamine hit. They did the whole birthday party. It was about as raising as much money as you can. And I got, I, I didn't, I had a business deal go really well in 2019. And I said, I already had allocated a big chunk of money for a charity. I just didn't know where I was going to put it. And I'm in, this, I'm in there and I'm sitting up front with Tony and it's, oh, and it's just going and I'm watching this. My wife is in tears. I'm in tears. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going big, babe. I'm going big. And I'm like, and I ended up donating half a million dollars to this charity. 
And uh, I just wired the money today. Uh, that was a few weeks ago. They just hit me up and gave me the wire instruction. So as I'm talking to you today, and I feel blessed to say, I don't say it to brag. I say that, that I had a business deal and there, I allocate a certain amount of my profit to charities. I don't have one. I don't tithe at a church. I don't, that's not being disrespectful. I don't tithe. I just give away a certain percentage every year. And I always mix it up where my heart calls. Hey. And uh, at that moment, I was like, I got goosebumps right now because I know how many people will be saved by that. So when someone says money's evil, it's like, really? We just rescued you know, hundreds of kids stuck. And I'm not being mean about that. It's just like find a new... Find a new explanation of what money is because sometimes you can call money evil while simultaneously it's the thing you worry about the most. It's like, I didn't mean to digress on this, but it's like a therapist is sitting between you and money, two couches, and you're looking up and going, I hate you, but I need you. You're the worst thing in the world, but I can't do what I want to do in life without you. Ah, the therapist, like, you're insane, right? It's like, find a new relationship with money. Find a way to feel good about it. Take care of the people you love. Donate what you want and find another level of you. I mean, one, one thing, and let's get on to today's environment. One thing I want to share with everybody, and right now it might be a time where you're going, well, I can't make it, Dean, and I'm, I'm home and not a, not a lot of money coming in. This is the time that you build the capabilities. This is the time you gain the wisdom. This is the time you become an investigative reporter on what industries are going to thrive in this shift in the world. doesn't mean you have to have the money today. You set a five-year goal. This is the time when foundational wealth is built. And you get the opportunity to be a better... The last thing I'll say about it is I know um, when I started making more money, Chris, I thought originally that money was going to... like It was the end all. Like I was just going to get to a certain point of money and I'd feel better. In fact, it was the complete opposite. I made more money. And then when I wasn't worried about it, I retired my parents. The bills were paid. The employees are being paid. There's money going in the bank account. I realized that all the stuff that was inside of me from my childhood, my past life, it was still there. But here's what money allowed. It allowed me to spend the time to fix it. It allowed me to go to the masterminds. It allowed me to go to the therapist. It allowed me to go and get a mentor. It allowed me to read the right books so I could be a better version of me for my kids. Anyway, I, I, I ranted on that a little bit. but No, Dean, that is exactly what the show is about. Our tagline is when good people make good money, they do great things. And I want to congratulate you because you just helped to reinforce that tagline by demonstrating and sharing your awesome moment of giving that you got to do with Tony Robbins at his birthday. And you know, we talk a lot on this show about giving in a way that people can see it so that you can inspire other people to do the same. And the reason I congratulate you is this. We need more influencers, more icons, more celebrities to not hide the good giving that they do because these are the people that everyone who's up and coming looks to for clues and cues as to why to be motivated and how to behave with their money when they get it. So I want to thank you actually for being that demonstration. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And you know, sometimes I don't share a lot of it because I don't want to be like, look what I did. But I also want the world to understand what's going on out there. So I, I really I appreciate what you just said because I just wrote a note while I'm sitting here talking. I'm like, I need to share. I need to let everybody know I donated. I maybe I don't have to tell the number, but I need people to know that this is the thing. These are, this is what drives me. Like, you don't think when I'm going to start Tim, who runs this, and Tony's really uh, 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 a part of this. And they want me to go on a sting operation with them because Tony went on one. He went in disguise and saw this raid and grabbed 
12-year-old girls that have been in slavery for four years, dude. Like my heart, bro- like literally my heart broke when I watched this and I'm like, I have to do this. And it's like, you don't think I'm going to work harder next year? So next year when Tim says that helped X amount of people, like, great, where's your wire instructions? I want to do that again, yep. right? Like talk about motivation. Um, yeah, I love your tagline. I, I, I know that's your tagline. Uh, good people doing good things, man. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for demonstrating that. Okay, so let's talk about what we're facing uh, today. And as we record this, we're facing a fascinating time, right? It's, it's a challenging time for many. Some see disaster, some see fear. And other people, they see opportunity, whether it's opportunity to invest or opportunity to change or opportunity to you know start over again. Talk to me about what we should be focused on while we all face this COVID slash crisis economy situation? Yeah, really good question. And, and you know, there's a lot of great advice out there and I see people's hearts coming through bigger now than, than ever. This really does bond a world when you realize boundaries mean nothing, religion, religious backgrounds mean nothing, heart and, and who we are as people, right? We're all the human race. And I think this helps bring us together. Well, still, it's scary. I mean, if, if you're scared or feel uncertain, you're worried about your future. Congratulations for being human. This is different. I, I was through the dot-com bust of 89. I was already in business. I was through 9-11 where the world changed overnight. And here in America, we were afraid. We were looking up. We were nervous. Um, I was through the... you know, I was thriving in business in 2007 uh, with the, the, the recession that we... Great recession, they call it, right? But this is different. Because even during 9-11, when it happened... Even our, our president and our government was like, get outside, spend money, get this economy flourishing. Do not let anyone take away our freedom, you know, here being in America. So even here in America, it was get back outside, go to your restaurants, spend money, fuel the economy, right? But that's not the case right now. We're worried about our incomes. We're worried about our careers. We're worried about the economy as a whole in our state, our country, our world. We're worried about our health. I have a little baby in the other room, three weeks old. I'm so worried because he doesn't have an immune system yet. So I'm being uber paranoid, right? So you get all of those. And then we're told social distancing. So you can't even go you know, do the social things you used to do. So it is a time to be scared. But here's what I know. In times like this, in times like these, this is when innovation can be at its highest point. And this is where people with innovative thoughts will change not only the world, they'll change the world inside of them. They'll change their legacy. They'll change their destiny. And the way I look at it, Chris, is simply this. This too shall end. I don't know if it's three months, months, a year, but it will end. And I just keep asking myself, who do I want to be at the end of this? Do I want to be the person that got really freaked out, obsessed on the news, text my friends all those stupid memes, and watched everything on Netflix. And I just lost this time in history, right? And I, I understand it. And please know that if you're in a really fearful place, it might be real. There's lots going on. But here's what I know. We cannot control the outside world. We can't make COVID-19 end quicker. We can't make the $2.2 trillion in American stimulus money land in our bank account just because we want it. I don't want to count on anyone. The only thing I can count on is the thoughts I have on a regular basis and what I feed my mind with. So if I say, who do I want to be at the end of this? Do I want to be the person that just missed out on six months where I was stuck inside with no sports, with no happy hour, with no working overtime, no golf, no anything, not even church on Sundays if you go to church. All of that is gone. 
So with all that time that you've been asking for, I wish my weekends were longer. I wish I had more time in a day. You have more time in a day. You have nonstop weekends. You decide this moment, if you didn't watch or listen to this for any other reason, you get to decide right this very second who you will be at the end of this. The person that looks back and said, I missed out. I didn't see that opportunity coming. I hope I get my career back or my job back. Or do you want to be the person that says, I gained capabilities. I learned from people that were already doing it. I got in a virtual mastermind. I read the books. I did the course. I gained these capabilities and I'm going to thrive for the next five years. This never happens to me again unconditionally. That's who we get to be. When I think about that, I get myself fired up. It's like, I want to do more, stronger, bigger, and have energy. And one thing I just want to share with all of you, it is all relevant to whatever level of life you're on. I just want you to know if you make $1,000 a week and you're listening to this and you lost that $1,000 a week, you're as stressed as anybody if they made a million a week and lost it. It's the same feeling. Listen, wherever you are, just know that even right now, I have one of my companies right now is burning $200,000 a week in loss because we shut off the revenue stream. Just one of my companies. I own 300 houses. And where they live, the governor just said, don't pay your rent. I have a couple hundred thousand dollar a month mortgage on that. I'm not complaining. You're probably like, oh, that's rich people problems. My whole point is it's all relevant. I could sit and say, wow, that's so bad. People aren't going to pay me rent. I got to worry about this mortgage. I got to use my own personal money. Oh my God, this one company's losing 200 grand a week. That's $800,000 a month. I could focus on that. And don't get me wrong. I'm human. I think about it. It gets me nervous for a few minutes until I get innovative and focus on solutions and gain new capabilities. And I'm going to take that company and I'm going to make it within the next 90 days more profitable than it's ever been because that's my complete obsession and focus. So again, whether it's hundreds of thousands a week or $1,000 a week, it doesn't matter. It feels the same, but we have the same choices on what we focus on. What a great answer. If, if they got nothing else out of this episode, that's why they showed up right there. That It'll, it'll give you goosebumps. Okay, now let me ask you something a little tactical. Uh, if somebody mm-hmm. is dead broke, they just lost their job, they are riddled in fear and uncertainty right now, what do you think the first one or two moves they could make are? So this might be, I might be a little biased about this, but there are industries that are going to thrive and exponentially grow. It, it happens in every recession, every shift in the economy. One of the fastest growing industries that exists right now is the information industry. What you're doing, Chris, what I'm doing is sharing what we know or sharing other people's capabilities, right? So what I would say is, listen, fear will attack you. Uh, Just think of, again, I'm sorry to go with mindset, then I'll go to tactical. It's like the old saying that you've heard a million times, when one door closes, another one opens. It's a great saying, but most people stand at the door that was closed, that's locked, and they jiggle the handle forever, hoping somebody will open it back up. Even if they didn't like what was on the other side, they didn't like the job, they didn't like the career, but they just want to sit there, just keep it back. Like, who move my cheese, right? The classic book. Here's what I know. Your cheese moved. The door closed. You're going to have to shift. So you might as well find a way to shift in your soul and say, this is where I'm at. I can't control the outside world, but I can control what goes in. That's the first thing. And then if you're going to do the research... Look into industries like the information age, the the knowledge industry. What is the knowledge industry? It's people taking what they know, their expertise, their passion, their skill, their hobby, or what other people know and sharing. We are in the biggest sharing economy in the history of the world. While simultaneously, everyone's forced home. Simultaneously, people have the time to learn new capabilities. I don't care if you cut hair, fly fish, 
know marketing, know how to do a podcast, know how to write a book, know how to do, be a mid-level manager, know how to be a, a famous artist on a high level, or know how to doodle with your kids so you can connect and bond. There's people out there right now that want that information. So I would say, do your research on being a part of an industry. There's lots of industries that will emerge. I'm biased because I love the information industry because you get to help people go faster and you get paid to do it. So that's what I'd be looking into. And you and Tony have done a wonderful job of putting together the uh, Knowledge Business Blueprint. Where can people find yeah. that? Uh, you can go to deanstraining.com. Okay. And is that for sale at all times? Yeah. Is that for sale at all times? It wasn't. It wasn't. We did a launch once a year, but because the economy shifted and so many people have been asking us for us, we, we opened it back up. It's not the same exact offer we did on our yearly launch, but it's a, it's a great opportunity to get into the knowledge industry and the world needs it now more than ever. Well, what I like about it is it's a framework. And sometimes people yeah. are paralyzed because they need steps or they need a framework. And so when they go ahead and plug into something like you know the Knowledge Business Blueprint, then there, there's no more excuses. The, all of the answers to the test are literally right there. So I'm glad that you guys have provided that resource yeah, I, I, at a time like this. I'm not sharing that, Chris, but it's just... I mean, Tony and I started that project two years ago to help people get into the knowledge industry because, I mean, listen, you're in the knowledge industry. You get to come on and do a podcast. You interview great people. You care. You want to impact lives. I, I, I got to spend a couple hours with you personally, and now I've been watching you like crazy. You have a desire to extract knowledge from other people and your own, give it to other people so they can go faster. Right? I mean, could you be paid for anything better in your entire life? No. I mean, when you were a kid, hey, you can help people, you can change their lives. It's meaningful to your soul. Oh, and by the way, you can make a really great living doing it. You'd been like, "Uh, I'll take two of those, please. Right? So, I mean, now because of this shift in the world, the whole world is home wanting to learn what's next, right? Learn self education or, or specialized knowledge. So, you're right. People just need to know where to start. Tony and I have obsessed over that for almost two years to build the, uh, we think it's the gold standard of, of courses, but the, definitely the gold standard of how to enter the knowledge industry. Well, you guys did a great job with it. So you just mentioned the shift, right? The whole world is shifting in how we do business. What do you think the landscape looks like for entrepreneurs over the next several months and then in the next couple of years? Yeah, really good question. Here's what I think. It's like a pendulum, right? We were over here. And now shifted way over here. When it's done, I don't think it's going to shift all the way back. So let me ask you something, Chris, and, and everybody listening or watching, I want you to think about this. Are there some things that you were forced to do by COVID and all the changes, but now you realize you'll do them that way forever? Yes, without a doubt. Uh, one example is uh, I wasn't forced to get up earlier by COVID, but at the same time, we got this new puppy. This puppy has been getting me up at 5 a.m or to 5.30 every single morning. I was not a morning person before this. Now I love it. That'll stick with me forever. Yeah. Um, are you doing more Zoom calls? Yes. And making them really creative? Far more Zoom calls, uh, far more digital outreach. Here's, here's something that's shifted because of COVID. Um, I've been doing a free webinar three times a week, no strings attached, just to answer people's business questions and give them an update on what I think is going on in the economy. And that will stick. I love that medium for serving people. Okay, so that's that's the part that I want you to look at in business. People will give you some real like stocks or this. here's what I know. Right? The digital economy is going to fuel faster, stronger, bigger. Everyone's home. There's more eyeballs online than ever before in history. Tens of millions of people are home 
right now needing content and needing education, needing all the other things, buying stuff, right? When this is safe, whether they come up with a cure or a vaccine, or we could just say you go out. When this is safe, there are things like you go on live more. This is the least amount I've traveled in 20 years. And I love it. I'm gonna, I'm literally gonna do more virtual. Um, I'm doing virtual. I mean, I've done, you know, I speak on stages all around the world. I'm gonna do virtual stages mostly. I'm not going back out on the road. I love being with my wife more. I love being with my 13 and 11 year old. I have a brand new baby. I'm 51. I'm messing up, man. I, maybe I have 35, 40 years with that kid. I'm not missing. I don't want to miss any of it. So it's not going to shift back for me. I just got offered the most money ever in my life to do a tour um, through Abu Dhabi. Through, uh, I mean, I'm just giving you numbers. I got offered 250 grand for an, a 90, a 60 minute presentation in three different spots. I've never been offered that much money in my life for a speaking event. I'm not doing them. I don't want to go do that. And I said, figure out a way I'll do virtual and I'll do it for a third of the price. So the pendulum's not going to swing back. The world is going to be more virtual. The digital economy is going to continue to grow. And we are going to find, and this is something I've been saying. Um, I know this might sound a little cheesy, but uh, social distancing is going to equal next level virtual connecting. If you can think about how we can virtually connect, I'm taking my virtual events. I'm not just making them a Zoom call. I'm incorporating music, exercises, challenge, get up and dance. Who dresses the best on the Zoom call? Who's the most present? Who's the most authentic? Who's the most enthusiastic? We are taking our Zoom virtual training to a whole nother level. When we do that, and somebody from Australia doesn't have to jump on a plane and come to my office to get that, and we light them up and rock their world from Australia... Why are they going to fly here? Why are we going to shift it? Right? So just what I'd say is really take into consideration what's not going to go all the way back and how do you get in front of that? Whatever that is, whether it's the knowledge industry or anything else, how do you get in front of the things that won't go back? I love that. It's such great advice. So a lot of people are going to be shifting into becoming entrepreneurs. A lot of people are going to be starting businesses, especially in the digital world from scratch right now. And way back, when you started your own business, your family thought you were nuts. Didn't your sister even like drive a, a million miles or something like that to try and do an intervention to redirect you? Is that is that correct? True story. True story. Okay. Yeah, when um, yeah, it was actually when I wanted to go into the information business. I was already in the car business. I was already in the real estate business, and I was going to film an infomercial. And my sister drove from Virginia to New York to sit down, like a literal intervention, and say, "Okay, enough's enough, Dean." You were a dreamer that got you here, but now your dreams are going to destroy you. And like, literally, like, literally, my whole family sat around and said, enough, Dean. You don't have the resources. You don't have the, re- the education. You didn't go to college. We're blue collar people. You made it. Be happy with what you have. Now, they didn't do that because they hated me. They did it because they thought they loved me, right? Mm-hmm. But they were wrong. And, and what I'll say, there's a lot of things you're going to face when you go to start your own business. People that you love and respect are going to tell you it's the wrong time, right? This is the world just went to hell in the handbasket and you're going to start your own business. This is a time to get security. This is a time to go look for the little jobs that we have. This is the time to stop being a dreamer. This is the top to maybe it's time to go back to school, uh, get that next level degree. And I'm just going to say it like it is. They're all freaking wrong. They're all wrong. I love my family. They were all wrong. I support my mother and father, the ones that try to talk me out of it. I support them. I buy them their new cars. I buy. I just bought my mom a condo this week. Like they were wrong. My cousins who used to make fun of me were wrong. My friends who said, "Dude, slow down, bro." You know they're wrong. 
And, and I would just say there's a million things to start. There's tactical and there's emotional. I would say get proof of other people that have been in your circumstances and obsess on them. Don't obsess on your father who loves you dearly, but he's trying to protect you or your cousin or friends or family. Find someone, lock onto them, find someone with a history similar to yours that went on to do great things, whether that's Sarah Blakely or Richard Branson or anywhere in between, or just someone in your town that's making 300 grand a year when you're making 30. Find someone and stare at them, stare at where you want to go, not what you don't want. I love that. That's such good advice because a lot of people are going to be told, go back and get a job or go back to something safe or secure. Hello, if there's never been a better wake-up call to show you that nothing is proven or nothing is guaranteed or safe or secure, then why not build a business for yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, think of, you're, you're already scared to death. You're already nervous. You might as well, this is, might be the time to take that nervous energy and finally do the thing that you want to do. Listen, my gut, if I just look at the last three down markets, my gut, and I'm not giving factual here, but it takes about three months for this, the craziness and the fear to go away. So we all go, okay, COVID was here. I remember, if you remember after 9-11, it was like, ah, and then about three months, four months in, we're like, nah, we're all right. We're good. We got this. That's going to be the same thing here, right? So when that becomes the norm, more people will register. I'm just going to take a guess here. More people will register a new business in those next four or five months than probably the four or five years prior. Because when the economy is going great, people are getting raises. They're kind of like, "Eh, I'm good at my job. When stuff like this goes, it's, um, it's Warren Buffett's quote. You don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. The tide went out and people are going, no, my job wasn't secure. My career wasn't secure. My boss, I'm great. I love him. We have good connections, but he still had to let me go. Like nothing is secure except when you do your own thing. And is there a roller coaster when you do your own business? Of course, that's the learning curve. But I wouldn't change one bit of it because at the, uh, at the way the roller coaster works on your own is it's up down, but the next up is higher than the last up. And then it's down and the next higher is because you're gaining new capabilities, navigating new territories. So, you know, the only thing I would say in times like this, I would literally take a piece of paper in your journal and draw a line down the center, just like that, and say, if I left my life exactly the way it is, where will I be in five years? And write it down. Same old job, hope this, same company, same this, whatever. And then on the other side is, if I just say, let's go for it right now, where could my life be in five years? And stare at both sides of the paper. One is really predictable and one's not. If you're ready to handle the side that's not predictable, that can take you to you know, the level of life that you crave, the level of income you crave, then, then that's where you got to go. And the last thing I'll say about that, I know I'm talking very mindset, but I know mindset is the, it is the spark that starts everything. I, I, can, I can give you KBB. It is the greatest course ever ever created in the history of the world on how to be from Tony. Tony's been in 40 years. I've been in 22. We got 62 years. It's the greatest course on the planet. But if you don't have the right mindset, you'll, you'll go back and run back to what you know. And here's the last thing I'll say about it when you want to start your own business. Use everything in your power to ethically bribe yourself to action. And you know what one I remember doing? I'm thinking to myself, when I'm 90 years old, 100 years old, I'm at the end of my life. Do I want to look back and say, I played it safe. I did okay. Like even this one, I, I've said this on stage because I beat myself up. Could you imagine sitting with your maker? Whatever you believe, God, whatever you believe, you're sitting with your maker. God looks over and goes, tell me about life. Say, well, you know, this, this COVID thing happened. You know, I, I had a job. I did the thing. I, I, I built a safe life, secure life. This COVID thing happened. And, you know, I was thinking about doing my business, but I got kind of sucked into the fear. 
And then, you know, I, I, I did the noble thing and I went back to the job and I paid the bills and I can picture God being like, oh my God, another one. I gave you limitless potential. Like you could have done anything. Like all I ever think about at the end of my life, I would love to say, man, I tried like crazy and failed or I tried like crazy, failed and succeeded compared to saying I lived an okay life. And the thought of me like looking at God or just being at the end of my life in my deathbed go, you know, I lived a safe, okay life. Oh my, that's the worst fear. I don't know, you probably feel the same exact way as an entrepreneur, Chris. Like I would much rather be in the arena fighting, losing, winning, learning than sitting on the sidelines with someone else's name on the back of my jersey. And uh, that's the, the, whatever it takes for you, just get your butt motivated to action because nothing happens without movement. Oh, I love it. And by the way, you mentioned uh, uh, Warren Buffett's book, but you have a book that's totally applicable to right now, The Underdog Advantage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I wrote this book. I had no idea this was happening when I wrote it. It's sitting on my desk. I'm in my home office right now. Um, you know, I look back on my life when, and so many people say, dude, how are you successful? You didn't have resources, right? Think about this in life. And, and, and by the way, I'm, if I'm going off on tangents, dude, just reel me no, back. No, I love it. But just think about this in life. Everybody wants resources, right? How many people, I, I don't know about you, but I get DMs every day. People say, bro, lend me 60 grand. We could do this. Lend me 100 grand with this. You get 2 million, I could make it 50, right? I'm not knocking you guys if you text me, but you're just flawed in your thinking. If I had the right partner, if I had the right money, if I had family that supported me, if I went back to college, it's all BS. It's all BS. If you look at the most successful people in the world, they were massive underdogs. They didn't have resources. Think of resources. How many people hit lotto and go broke? All of them almost. How many, how, many, how many trust fund kids? They have the money. They don't do anything with their life in so many cases. Sorry, not knocking you if you're a successful trust fund. They don't, it's not the resources that it takes people to another level. It's the resourcefulness. Yep. I, if I could leave my kids 10 million bucks or massive resourcefulness, absolutely leave them the resourcefulness because they will make their own way. And I just got so many people asking me. So I'm like, you know, my last book, Millionaire Success Habits, kind of went upstream to anchor and a foundation for success. This is, I wanted to show the world like what it's like to be an underdog and actually use that as your superpower. Like, when you're done with this book, you're going to go, thank God my parents were the way they were. Thank God I grew up here. Thank God I was broke because that is actually the fuel for the success you create. Oh, I absolutely love it. Where can we get the book? Uh, Dean's book. You can go to Amazon okay. or deansbook.com. Deansbook.com. And is there uh, any kind of... Did I see it's like a free plus shipping or something like that? Yeah, it's a free plus shipping. So if you go to Amazon, it's 19. But if you go to Dean's book, we bought a couple thousand copies. So we'll send you the uh, a version. We'll send you a hardcover for free if you cover the shipping in hand. Absolutely amazing offer. I mean, anyone that doesn't take you up on that right now, it's just... There's a <laughs> lack a of resourcefulness. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's, okay. it's a killer. I want to be very mindful of your time. There's one more question I want to ask you because you had mentioned um, Richard Branson when you were talking earlier. And I had seen somewhere or, or heard somewhere once that he gave you some incredible advice that empowered you to go make as much money as possible. Could you share yeah. that advice with us? Yeah, really cool. So I'd love to say that I'm cool enough that Richard Branson gave me a buzz like, yo, bro, come on out to my, my island. Uh, <laughs> that was the case. But I did get to spend uh, two years in a row, a whole week with Richard Branson on his island, which was cool. And that's because we helped raise... Uh, me and a friend of mine raised a million dollars for his charity, Virgin Unite. Um, and the thank you was come to uh, his island, Necker Island, um, and it was pretty cool. I'm a I'm a five o'clock a.m. guy. Okay. Uh, so I was getting up early, and so was he. So one morning he saw me. And he's like, "Hey, you want to go for a sail?" I'm like, "Hell yes, me and you." 
So we got to sail around the island. Um, and I was asking them, you know, I was kind of starstruck, you know, um, and I asked him a couple questions and I asked him about giving back more. And he had this, and I'm paraphrasing now, this is over a decade ago, but he said to me, listen, you were given a gift with the ability to be an entrepreneur, to make money. Go out and make as much as you possibly can with no guilt. Because here's what I know, because some people were meant, and this is kind of paraphrasing, but this is what he said. Some people were meant to go down and work at the soup kitchen for two weeks. And that's completely noble, especially if someone doesn't have money. The, the soup kitchen, a uh, homeless shelter wouldn't work without that person donating their time. But what if you could walk to, into that same homeless shelter and hand the owner a check for $75,000? He said, if that's what God put you on this earth for, then go make a hell of a ton of money. Give it all away if you want. He's like, where I'm at in my life right now, his 80% of his time is spent on his charities right now. That's, that's Richard Branson's life right now. And that's what he's going to do to the day he dies. And that just gave me this like, that's kind of kind of some of the mindset I shared when we first opened this interview, right? This, this podcast is like, go make a ton of it. You want to feel good? Make it and give it away, right? Go, go walk into a homeless shelter with 50 grand and see what that does for them. Provide meals for a month and help people that need it. And uh, yeah, it kind of gave me permission to go up, dial it up a little bit. And, you know, another notch. I absolutely love that. That's exactly what the show teaches. It's what it stands for. Thank you for sharing that towards the end here. Okay, so where can everyone follow you? Where can they plug into you? Uh, all the things. Yeah, so um, my Instagram, my Instagram has been on fire because I go, I do a story every single day. I try to go live a few days a week. So Instagram's going. So at Dean Graziosi on Instagram, uh, my podcast, which I, you know I kind of ignored up until this year, but now it's you know a top business podcast right now. I do three, and they're only about ten minutes long. We do ten to fifteen minute quick training and move uh, move on to another one. Uh, so they're they're doing really well. so find me on podcast find it's Dean's the Dean Graziosi show or at Dean Graziosi. Wonderful. Okay, before I ask you the very last question, uh, I want to just acknowledge one more time the difference that you're making, both from a philanthropy standpoint, from an education standpoint, from empowering people to take that first step towards their success. It's making a massive impact. It's felt from coast to coast. It's felt around the world, and and I just wanted to acknowledge you for that. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate you, dude. I appreciate you saying that. So last question is this. Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of success. They should be unapologetic because without momentum, without movement, the world doesn't evolve. Cures for diseases come from donations in so many cases. People that are struggling and charities they thrive because people went out and invented something or created something or started the business. Remember, as entrepreneurs, we make crap up, then we make it real. That's really what we do for a living. We solve problems for a living. Like Winston Churchill says, the definition of success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. If you're someone that won't lose your enthusiasm and you can keep going, success is inevitable. That's truly what I believe. And you should absolutely not apologize. You think I'm apologetic that I got to retire my mom? My mom worked three jobs when I was a kid. She cleaned houses, she cut hair, and she painted houses for people that, you know, like my mom worked till nine o'clock every night when I was a kid. I never saw her. You don't, I'm not going to apologize that I retired her before I was 30 years old. My dad worked in a collision shop sucking paint fumes every day. It's like I retired him when he was, you know, when I was in my 30s. I'm never going to be apologetic for that or the ability to donate a half a million dollars to a charity or we've, we've already provided 6 million meal, meals through Feeding America for the last, in the last. I'm not going to be apologetic and I'm not going to be apologetic that I get to work on being a better human, a better dad, a better husband because I got money out of the way. And you can shift that 
and not feel like you're the greedy person looking to steal it all. The last piece I'll say too is when you accumulate wealth, you're not stealing it from someone else. Just because you get wealthy doesn't mean you made someone broke. Someone's making a choice not to go after dreams. You don't have to. So that's my final thoughts. Wow. Absolutely love it. I can't thank you enough for your time, for your knowledge, for being on the show. It means the world to me that you uh, gave your time to do this. And I know to everyone listening as well. So thank you so much. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.